What's up, Gang Count Nation? Tasha, I want to make a hit checking in, and you're about to hear the show presented by Express Suns Rooms of Columbia. Spurs up. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. Welcome in to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I'm J.C. Sherbert. He's Phil Mullinax. Morning. Morning, it's, uh, morning. Chilly in both places that we're at. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thursday episode, that means Chris Phillips from the Big, uh, the Big Spur. The Spurs Up show joining us uh, at 1130. High energy segment for him. Uh, Nana's Sports chat box. All I help consulting mailbag. Basically kind of a freeform show today. Not a lot going on. Um, yeah. <clears throat> kind of some pending things out there. Uh, everybody wants to know about Nicholas Harbor. Uh, obviously, he's a five-star recruit. Uh, finished uh, 17th in the country, according to most people. Fast guy. I, I, I say he's going to play touchdown if he plays on offense, uh, <laughs> if he can catch it all. Um, you know, I, I, Phil, I, I, I sort of feel like, okay, so my gut feeling on the kid is a lot different than – maybe what I'm hearing internally. And maybe it's just because I guess the two big stories I've been on the last uh, 30 days or so uh, have been Dowell Loggins and Trey John Jeffcoat. Right. <laughs> and so maybe I'm a little, a little gun shy because both of those situations, uh, the reaction was not good though. I do think people were kind of warming up to coach Loggins because of uh, what he's done on the recruiting trail. Um, oh, but uh, Trajan Jeffcoat obviously uh, didn't. I mean, I, I don't know. And I was told yesterday it still does not look all that great. Uh, I don't have the details as to why, other than the kid's already out at Arkansas, and it's going to be easy for him just to go to class and, and get it over and, and have some stability. Um, but it's still not the door's not as of this morning. The door was not shut, and so uh, we'll see. Sort of. Uh, Sort of how that goes. Uh, Gamecock basketball team lost again last night. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's like I watched most of the game. It just it's just all kind of inconsistent stuff with that team, man. It's a you know there were periods in the first half where I'm like, there's no off the ball movement. <laughs> there's three guys standing mm. down there on the opposite baseline, just kind of watching somebody else with the ball. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. And Florida just That's... had its way with the team inside the paint. I couldn't, I'm like, Oh my goodness. You know, Florida's length that... and experience really showed itself out last night. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Basketball. It's one of those things where that's, that's one of the worst things you can do is stand around. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. It, it's like, just like, and, and I don't know why it, it happens to basketball players a lot. I mean, even coaches uh, in college are like complaining. They're like, well, we, we just stood around on offense. And I'm like, well, why is that? Why aren't, the guys, why, why aren't they moving? I mean, you know, that, that's kind of a, a mystery to me, but I guess it's easier said than done. And, you know, when you're sitting there and I guess somebody's in zone defense and you're open, you're kind of just waiting for the pass or what, I don't know. Uh, somebody on Big Spur made the comment this morning. He said, "He's I, I don't know if this team's even trying. 
I would eventually, I would venture to say they are, uh, but it's just kind of a, it's been a tough year and, you know, this isn't even necessarily a team that goes out and battles and just isn't good enough. This is a team that really a lot of times doesn't even battle. Yeah. It just um, look kind of flat out there. It's like, yeah. Man, yeah. Hmm. And as the beatings can, that old saying, the be- yeah. beatings will continue until morale improves. Yes, uh, th- that's usually not true. It's uh, it's it's one where the beatings continue, morale gets worse. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just it gets worse. It you doesn't know. look um, very good, and you can tell they're getting frustrated. I mean, you know, you get the flagrant two called in the second half, and it's like, come on, guys, just it's like because they're, they're checking out mentally at that point. Like if you're throwing elbows, you're gone. You know, yeah, just inside I your mean, head. You just, know, that's just it. So I, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to say there's hope. I just don't know. I and it's not just Lamont Paris and the sport here, uh, and the the challenges that this program has. Anyway, uh, it's 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 also about the whole sport and the transfer portal. And you know, I don't know what the in in, in nil because South Carolina's just now catching up for nil for things like football. You know, baseball is pretty well taken care of. You just need more. You know. Uh, but for football, uh, you know, that they're catching up right now. And that's been the focus since it's the off season. That gets most of the Carolina boosters attention is, is more based on football. Um, no, there was no problem with Gigi Jackson, but, uh, you know, you, you really need more than just one guy, uh, sure. to compete, uh, and other schools are too. Uh, and so that's a concern. You know, I, I think South Carolina for being in a position NIL wise to, uh, fund what's needed in hoops. Um, it's probably about a year away. So, so what do you, here's the question. What do you do? You have, you have the two in-state guys committed. They're pretty good players. Um, I don't think they're going anywhere. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of options out there. If you're Lamont Paris, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to scour low majors, not even mid majors, <laughs> low majors, <laughs> And try to pick off their best players. Find the true diamonds in the rough. Yeah, down there. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and in this situation, this is the situation where you sort of do miss Frank Martin because, you know, Frank called a lot of crap about recruiting, um, and, and and you know he, he didn't get the in-state guys, and that that's kind of what people pay attention to. You know, nobody nobody really was fired up, jumping up and down with like Jermaine Cousinard committed, even though he's a really good player. Uh, and, and I know the reason for that. And I'm not blaming the fans certainly don't deserve blame for it because look, every time South Carolina has been good at men's basketball since the McGuire era and Frank McGuire recruited New York city, you know, he, he had some in-state guys, but New York was his pipeline. Uh, and that was a different era of basketball anyway. Um, ever since then, you, you think about the teams that have gone to the NCAA tournament here. Uh, George Felton took a team to the NCAA tournament in uh, 88, 89, uh, that was JoJo English, Barry Manning, Joe Rett, all Columbia kids. Um, a lot of in-state guys. Eddie Fogler certainly had a lot of success. Melvin Watson, B.J. Mackey. Uh, even on into the second part of the Fogler era, you know, you had guys like Chuck Edson, um, Damian Kinlaw, dare I say, uh, all those types of guys. Dave Odom, his one NCAA tournament team had Brandon Wallace and Carlos Powell. Carlos Powell was their best player. He's from Florence. And then, of course, the Final Four team with Frank was not as in-state heavy, but you think about 
some of the key players during that run. You know, the Thornwell, obviously, one of the best players in program history. Uh, you know, P.J. Dozier obviously speaks for himself. But then you had Justin Mackey and, and Rakeem Felder, uh, and Felder is a native. He played high school ball in New York, but, you know, he's, a, he's from Indian land. You know, those guys made plays. And uh, so unless South Carolina is getting at least some of the top in-state guys, they really have never done much since the McGuire era. Now, so 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 I understand why people pay attention to that, but you know, the, and, and look, they have some in-state guys on the on the team. Um, Gigi Jackson's an in-state guy. Chico Carter's an in-state guy. Uh, the kid from Citadel's an Hayden Brown in-state guy. Burns High School Rebel Hayden Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it's just awfully tough because you know you have that precedent set already of kids leaving the state. Um, you do have Gigi there who's on a bad, bad team. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, it's going to be an even tougher sell without NIL and all that. So, you know, I, I think what you do if you're Lamont is you just take your shot at, you know, let's go find guys that are at lower levels that slip through the cracks that can play uh, and get them here because they're just hoping to co-play, you know, high major. And then take your shot. Now, some may, may say that's what he did this year. Right. Um, you know, and, and yeah, so there are some new faces on the team, right? Yeah, that, maybe, that are maybe not Michi Johnson and Gigi Jackson. Yeah, yeah, work out a little bit well, but it's uh, it's a tough one. It's a very tough and sad state of affairs, you know, with the program. And and the problem is, I, I think everyone can live with this if there was like light at the end of the tunnel. You, you guys remember Eddie Fogler went nine and nineteen and ten and seventeen his first two years, but while he was doing that, he was getting Melvin Watson committed and working on B.J. Mackey to get him in and, you know, things like that. Really, Fogler dominated the state. Uh, if if it hadn't been for Kevin Garnett and Jermaine O'Neal being a – if they had the one-and-done rule then, uh, you know, that could have been an even better team because mm-hmm. you could have had Garnett, you could have had Jermaine O'Neal. Uh, there's lots of talk about – which one would have come? Like the, the, the most people tell me, Jermaine O'Neal, had he gone to college, may have gone to Kentucky. Um, but most people that talk about Garnett say he was definitely coming back to South Carolina uh, from Farragut High School up here in the Windy City, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally from Malden, the Mavericks. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's just tough because you, you just don't know. You know, what What do you hang your hat on right now to look forward to the future? Because next season is probably looking even worse. <laughs> you know? Because you're not going to have Gigi. <laughs> you're not going to have Gigi. Probably not going to have Michi. I mean, I just uh, – it, it's tough because most of the time when you go through a season like this with a first-year head coach, you do see light at the end of the tunnel. You go, hey, wait a minute. Uh, but the game has changed so much and recruiting has changed so much in all sports – that uh, it's hard to, to paint a picture in your mind uh, about, oh, well, this is why things are going to get better. Um, and that is really, it's unfortunate because I don't, I don't know that it's, it's probably circumstances beyond the control of Lamont Paris. Hmm. So that's kind of the deal with basketball. And we do have an iHelp Consulting mailbag question about that that we'll get to here in a little bit. We got a couple of iHelp Consulting mailbag questions, Phil, we're going to get to today. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the Nana Sports chat box is always rocking and rolling. Uh, Jerry Bragg is first in. Congratulations, Jerry. 
says good morning. Um, Gregor wants to say Murdoch trial or JC and Phil. You oh, get you, you may get to miss a Dick Harpootley in monologue. That's right. Those That's are always right. fun. I'll tell you this about Dick Harpootley. Love him, hate him, whatever. And, you know, his whole crusade against five points bothers me. His crusade against the Board of Trustees at Carolina does not, although he was ill-informed about athletic spending. And he, and he is a Clemson guy. He's a hell of a lawyer. I mean, yeah. he, he's got some talent like the, like you see on the movie when you watch, like, what's that movie? Richard Gere, Primal Fear. Uh, with Ed Norton, yeah. it's been, hey, they shot that in Chicago, so it came to mind. He's got that kind of talent as a, as an attorney. So, um, don't that old Southern me. lawyer stereotype, yeah, you know, Pootley, and you know, if, yeah. If you, if, you, if you don't like him, I, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to offend you, but I, I'm just giving him. I heard what his opening statement the other day, and uh, wow, you know that guy. That guy can. Uh, he can untwist a pretzel. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I would I would say probably Craig. You, you probably should tune in with us for a little bit, and then flip back and forth because when you're just watching a trial, there's a lot of dead space. A lot of dead space. They don't have. It's not a show, so they don't. They, they can just take their time and do whatever. Um, Joey G says, "What's up, Gamecocks? Maybe we get a 23 commitment today, 24 tomorrow. I don't know." I don't know if anything's imminent. Uh, I know the Caldwell kid, Elijah Caldwell from Northwestern. I think that's kind of who you're looking for for 2023. And then, of course, Nick Harbor, um, who I, I don't think he's going until February 1st. But uh, Sir Wendell Gregory, of course. That's Sir Wendell. <laughs> he is uh, he's announcing tomorrow, 6'4", 220 linebacker out of Marietta Walton. And if he comes to Gamecocks way, I think that jumps him up to 7th in the early 2024 rankings. Uh, I, I did a little playing around. We have, we have this thing on the big spur called the class calculator where you can kind of punch guys in and project, Phil. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, I like playing around a few with more, that. A <laughs> few more things go Carolina's way. They could be at number one for a, a short time. I, and I say a short time because inevitably some of these other schools are just going to start collecting four- and five-star guys. Right, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, look, Blake Franks, a lot of interesting movement on Twitter. Uh, by Lonnie Teasley and Greg Atkins and Sam Searby, uh, the guys that kind of help recruit offensive line. Uh, Josiah Thompson's nickname's Big Cat. So all of a sudden you get this Lion King style roar looking thing, gift. Yeah. There was a lion and he, he went up, you, you couldn't hear it. Uh, and then Blake Franks, you know, is bottles of hot Franks. sauce. <laughs> Frank's red hot, man. Yep. I mean, that's popping that's, up that's everywhere. Genius. That's <laughs> genius, it. man. Maybe mm-hmm. want some buffalo wings, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Blake Frank's Carolina's done a good enough job with him to where he's a he's a bit torn. Uh, and about six weeks ago, I'd have said, "Well, he's probably going to be playing in orange over there at Clemson," but uh, I don't know that that's the case anymore. Uh, and he continues to visit. And I, I think, I think his friends. You know, um, are all going to Carolina, so that's it. Now Josiah Thompson, from what I read, is visiting Clemson with Franks this weekend, uh, and a lot of people kind of have said, "Oh, well, that'll be good for Carolina." I don't know, man. Uh, I've seen guys that are locks for Carolina that are, that uh, Gamecocks have already penciled in their class for the class roll up to Clemson for an unofficial 
and then the whole thing does a 180. Now, that hadn't been recently, but, you know, I, I've seen that happen before. Going all, all the way back to the class of 07 with DeMario Jeffrey and Chris Payne, they actually committed to Clemson. Uh, and then roll back. Uh, go all the way back to Garrett Anderson from Dutch Fork, who was a Gamecock. Uh, Garrett originally uh, was very seriously thinking about committing to Clemson. Uh, so I've seen them kind of, I've seen them over the years when it's head to head with Carolina flip the narrative. So what you, what you hope doesn't happen is that, that they get in Thompson's head and then all of a sudden things are, are iffy, but I don't know, you know, it's a different, a different day, different era. Uh, I'll always take my chances with Lonnie Teasley in that group recruiting offensive linemen. Uh, but we'll see sort of uh, what happens with that. Uh, Sean has a question. How about Brandon Staley's from Aiken High? Carolina hadn't offered, but Bama and Clemson and others have. I, I need to check on that. I, I I don't have an answer other than maybe they're not – maybe he's just not uh, as high on steps offer board as uh, maybe some other guys. I don't know. I, I need to check him out. I did see Clemson had offered him. I did not know about Bama. But uh, right there in Aiken, I mean, you better hope – if you don't offer, you better hope he's not all that good. <laughs> that's the thing and i've said this many times that's bad recruiting is when you when you have a guy that is in state that you can get that you just don't offer uh he better be a diehard clemson fan that tells you absolutely no way he's going to carolina and then you just don't offer because you save face uh, of all that but chances are there's a reason um and, and i'll find out that reason uh Craiger said hope the harbor visit went well i'll tell you this right now uh, I continue to hear positive, positive things from within the program about this situation. Um, and it does not match my enthusiasm. And, and like I said earlier, I, I think it's maybe because last two big stories were Dowell Loggins and uh, Trey John Jeffcoat, and they didn't go so well. Uh, so maybe I, I'm just like hesitant to get anybody, get anybody's hopes up about anything. But uh, there's a lot of, um, a lot of feeling, especially with the staff and especially with the players that are in the class, that he's going to come Carolina's way. Stay tuned next Wednesday. It's a big day because Jamie's joining the show and Nick Harbour's going to commit. I don't know what time yet. Um, so that's it. But I, I understand the in-home went exceptionally well. Uh, you know, uh, his parents obviously will always, you know, they're, they're very involved with, like, the academic end and stuff. Um, Shane Beamer's really good. Uh, in the home, in the end home. So we'll see sort of uh, what happens there. Carolina <laughs> Empire says the younger Hyatt uh, is nowhere near as good as his older brother, not fast enough. Yeah, probably not. I don't think he's good enough. I mean, I, I think he's a mid-major prospect uh, just from my evaluation of him. Uh, Joey Sox says, how's the weather, JC? We only got a dusting here in Lexington. I'm sure you got at least a few more inches. It's still snowing. <laughs> I'm looking out right now. Yeah, the sun came Red out Rob. down here today. It's nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. um, Carolina Empire asked with JB's joining us daily. A uh, week from yesterday, it'll be Wednesday. Mm -hmm. um, Bruin says, Caldwell again, Cock. Can't wait for that 16 to 7 connection. Sellers to Caldwell. I, you may be seeing that down the road quite a bit, Bruin Nation. I, I, <laughs> I like Caldwell. I mean, I'm like, I'm kind of curious as to why his offer sheet was not as more extensive than it was but i'll tell you i've seen many times over the years a kid will commit to app state or commit to east carolina 
uh, and they ended up being good enough. Uh, Xavier Short was like that. He was App State commit, and then uh, the Gamecocks swooped in and got him. So I, I think I think Hollow will be a very understated under. He and Tyshawn Russell both uh, take a good look at those guys. I'm not I'm not saying they're going to win the Bolitnikov or anything. I'm just saying that you know uh, Caldwell is one of those in-state guys that you just sort of know will turn out. I mean Northwestern, great program, all that good stuff. Uh, Cartwright, has anyone asked about Jeffcoat yet? No, but I, I updated it. It doesn't look good, but it's not done yet. Um, Joel says, what the heck? Why didn't I? Steve Newton says, what the heck? Why didn't I get these excuses? Uh, he lasted two years, man. Uh, there were, uh, <laughs> and he also, and, and here's the difference. And look, I'm not defending Lamont Paris one way or the other. I think, I think we have to all wait and see. Uh, and I did state clearly that there's just not a lot of reason for hope right now. Um, it's not all his fault, but you know, find a way, right? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Like you can't even watch the, you know, you can't even watch the team on the court and say, man, it would be interesting to see what this looks like if he had, you know, three seniors, a couple of juniors, you know, it's like, there's just nothing to really <laughs> build there's nothing on. there. There's it's just <laughs> yeah. there's nothing there. Nothing. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. <laughs> um, but Newton also went three and thirteen in the SEC with a team that was picked second in the division. They had divisions back then and had Joe Joe English and Barry Manning and Joe Red. Uh, a lot of good players. Uh, Steve Newton inherited his first year. Second year is basically Jamie Watson and Emmett Hall. And then that carried over into the Fogler years. But, uh, hey, look, Newton had some things go wrong, too. Uh, Carlos Turner, prize recruit, right? Uh, I think he, he either tried to kill his girlfriend or did kill his girlfriend or something. Uh, tried to. Uh, and then Percy Everhart, a, a big Ford out of Hart County, Georgia, I think died of a heart attack. Or something. Or something that happened there. Jeez. Uh, so, so there we go. Uh, Clint says true diamonds of the rough, like Bosman's Verdunk. Well, every once in a while, you think it's a diamond and you just get a piece of quartz. You know, what are you going to say? <laughs> I don't even know that guy was a diamond. Yeah. He was at the, he was, he was, he was at the end of the bench at Illinois. Uh, Chris says, check your mailbag, Phil and JC. We are, we got, and we got yeah. your email. We're going to have got it Got you pulled up here, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, that's year one. That's why Kerry was a big hire. Knows the state. Give it to year three. Maybe. I mean, Kerry Rich, his relationships can only go so far when you're competing with uh, cold, hard cash and NIL deals. <laughs> so that's basketball. Hey, look, I'm telling you guys, football and baseball are so much easier than, than basketball because it's the money is just so much greater. They're less players. The players are more of a sure thing, so the investments are wiser. Uh it's tough. It's tough. Um, Clint says Sean Miller would have done better in the portal. And if some of the guys would have stayed instead of transferring, probably so. Uh, but look, I, I think that a lot of those guys on the basketball team came to play for Frank. Uh, I think there was a little bit of a uh, misconception that, that maybe Frank, uh, they didn't want to play for Frank or he was a problem with getting them to play, but uh, he's not. I mean, like Wilden's Levesque, where did he end up going? 
Massachusetts to play for Frank. Uh, and a lot of people speculated after he, you know, Frank threw Wilton's under the bus one day that, uh, oh, Wilton's is out. Yeah, well, he was out, but he went, went and played with for Frank. So uh, that's kind of one of those things. Um, Chuck Edson was a great guy for Fogler. Yes. Uh, Chris says, please, for the love of God and all that is right for humanity, have Cornbread Cowboy on the show. Dude, it's hysterical. Love the show. Thanks for all you do. We're efforting that. Yes. We're effort, efforting that. Um, so that's the deal there. Dick is working for free, and it showed in his open eyes. This guy does not agree that Dick Harpootlin had a good opening. No structure and seemingly little prep. I guess it sucks when you know your defendant's guilty as hell and you're not being paid to be. <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what, what the, the state sounded yesterday like they have more evidence than we're all aware of, you know, and they have to disclose it to the defense, but it's going to be interesting to see exactly what they come up with. Saunders worried about uh, Josiah Thompson uh, visiting Clemson. Uh, yeah, well, Josiah's not committed yet, publicly at least. So that's the deal there. We're up against it for a break. Chris Phillips on the other side. Uh, then we'll get another break about yeah, 10 or 11.50-ish. Come back, answer more of your questions. Don't forget, I help consulting mailbag questions uh, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. And uh, we can answer those and, and answer more. Continue this discussion on uh, recruiting, football, and basketball. Maybe a little baseball, but Chris is coming up next. High energy Chris Phillips right after this on the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Gamecock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Coach O, now back to the show. Go Tigers in the soul. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. It's brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call or shoot him an email, 803-446-4662, or John B. at expresssunrooms.com to talk about how they can... Bring some sunshine into your life for your home. And Cindy Searfoss, Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call for your upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. Chris is not quite in yet. And that is our oh. shortest break. I forgot about that. Yeah, we that no, normal break would have taken us right up to 1130, and he's generally always prompt. So that's a, I'm sure that's as soon as he gets to it's going to change here pretty soon. Right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the length of that break will bring it with, with, with Jamie coming in. It's uh there's going to be more advertisers, obviously. 
So yeah, but they um, won't be like there won't be like seven five minute breaks in a show. So <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we'll keep no, it simple. Yeah, like we're not going to we'll, do that we'll to you. <laughs> Uh, Brew Nation says Caldwell played against uh, South Florence, Lenore Sellers in the state championship and the defense for U- uh, USF. What am I thinking? I almost called South Florence High School USF, the University of South Florence. The University of South Florence. <laughs> Go Bruins. Uh, Caldwell <laughs> balled out on him. Yeah, it, it's that same Northwestern offense, man. It's an air raid. Mm-hmm. It's an air raid type system where a lot of short passes catch it and go. Saw a lot of really good plays. You know, uh, on his highlight uh, from that offensive stuff. Howard says, problem with Gamecock men's basketball, they don't have a point guard guy like Melvin Watson, dribble, dive, drive, and dish. They don't. Michi's more of a shooter. Yeah. Uh, uh, They get to the rim guy. Yeah, you can just see it. Every time he brings the ball up, he's wanting to throw it to the basket, and he has to stop himself to not (laughs) – if he's got it on the drive. Oh, let's Tristan bring Chris a, in. He just jumped I, in, JC. Yeah, let's yeah, just, yeah. I will tell this Cornbread yeah. Cowboys story real quick from Tristan yeah, yeah. before we bring Chris. Uh, he says he went to the gate at the Gator Bowl with Cornbread Cowboy, immediately got in trouble for lighting up a cigarette, and begged the lady to let him smoke it. I was dying. <laughs> Mark asked about Braden Davis. Last I heard on Braden, long way to go on that one. All right, let's bring Chris in. All right. Welcome in, Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show, joining us on the McKellar Enterprises guest line, as usual, for his weekly segment. Chris, uh, you know, I know we watched the basketball game last <laughs> night for what it was worth, but uh, you see any hope here? I mean, like, I was talking to JC earlier. I was like, you know, usually you can see, like, okay, I could see what this would look like if we had three or four seniors and a couple of junior starters, mm-hmm. but it's just so amorphous I can't figure anything out right now. <laughs> yeah, JC, Phil, first things first, good to chat with you guys, of course, as always. Uh, I'm not even sure a find some joy comment from Lamont Paris would uh, would do much for us at this point. By the way, side note, Cornbread Cowboy, legend. Uh, met him at the, <laughs> at the Gator Bowl, by the way. First time we've been following each other for quite a while. And I don't know if you guys have ever actually checked out his TikTok. Like, he's a very big deal, like 300,000 followers. Like, he crushes, he crushes. And his content's incredible. But, uh, yeah, I got to meet him in person. And, I mean, that is a... That is truly a living legend. That that word gets thrown out there a lot, but it really does apply to him. So the cigarette story is not one that surprises me in the least bit. Um, <laughs> I, but I, yeah. I got his poster. You see his poster. See back there uh, below inside the game. <laughs> yeah. show. The, the fact, the fact that he and Steven Garcia, he and Steven Garcia live in the same city. That's pretty scary I mean, when you think about that. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think about that but uh no nah, yeah 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 but when it comes to this basketball team I mean yeah it's 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 just same old same old last night and I thought that uh you know early on uh you know you were hanging around that first half what an eight point deficit but it really does go to show like just how low my expectations and our expectations are when we get to halftime we're down eight and I'm like okay like I feel like we're playing pretty well you know what I mean but it's just it's just the reality of where you are. And, you know, I talked about yesterday, you needed Josh Gray to have a big game because of Castleton and their presence down low. And I forget the other guy's name for Florida, but he was really good as well. But uh, you're just seeing this team get worn down in games. And I, and I don't think they're going to go winless the rest of the way out, right? Lamont Paris, he made the point that, again, of the trio of Gigi, Michi, and Hayden, they need at least two of those three to play well to even be competitive. I think you probably need all three to play well to win. And I'm sure there's going to be a game. Maybe it's Saturday against Georgia, right? You've won, you've won what, 11 straight, I think, against the Bulldogs. 
Um, you still got Vandy again on the schedule. So I, I don't think this team is going to go winless. And we, we've seen them win at Kentucky, so we know what they can do. But it's just kind of the reality, guys. Year one, you just don't have the depth. And, and unfortunately, you just don't have the consistency from guys like Michi and Hayden. I think those guys combined for like five or six points last night. What's, what's a shame is these great performances by Gigi Jackson are just getting lost in the shuffle because – I mean, God, you're losing games by 15, 18, 21 points. I mean, you're not really talking about it. We had a double-double last night. So, G.G. Jackson certainly playing his way into a lottery pick, which I know we were all expected. But, uh, yeah, it's just tough sledding, man. I, I think what's – you know, we're all kind of just giving the pass on this season. It's sort of a wash because I feel like you're kind of a – you know, you're kind of a jackass if you're the one calling for Lamont Paris's job in year one. But – I think the thing that's frustrating is, does anybody feel like this team has really improved in any area from game one to now? I, I think that's what's sort of frustrating, if you will. Like, there's no calling card for this team. There's nothing I really look at and outside of Gigi Jackson, you know, playing well. There's nothing really consistent about this team. I, I don't really know what to think. So, it, it, it is what it is. You know, you got to give Lamont time, but it's just – you know, it's just kind of becoming when, when when good teams play the Gamecocks, it's just like name your score, it feels like. And that's, you know, that's unfortunate, but it's just where we are. Yeah, and I made the point earlier, Chris, that, you know, I look at the recruiting, and, and recruiting in men's basketball is, you know, people think Carolina's got NIL issues with football. Yeah. It's nothing compared to that sport. And I just don't, you know, I like the two kids they got from in-state committed. I think they're, they're good, solid players, but – I just I don't know what the strategy is for hope, uh, you know, because they, realistically they're not going to go out and sign a bunch of difference makers from the portal or high school or otherwise. So I almost think, you know, maybe you start just you, you go. I hate to say dumpster diving in the portal, but you got to dig in the portal a bit and, and go find guys at the low major level that are really really good that maybe nobody else and just give them an opportunity to kind of put a. Uh, um, a, uh, I guess a, a roster together. And now like some day points out here in the chat box, we're in it for a lot of good uh, 24, 24 mm -hmm. more players, but they don't sign until the fall. So it's just hope. Yeah. I don't see them getting them. I mean, because you, you've got school B uh, for men's basketball is going to be like, all right, well, here's a $250,000 NIL deal. And that's just not realistic at Carolina mm -hmm. right now. And that's, that's the money in that sport. Yeah, JC, think, how much how much of a factor of how much of a factor like NIL stuff? How much of a factor does the the big brands play like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour? I mean, I know that that was a thing before NIL ever became a thing, right? Like schools were leveraging, you know, through the bigger brands. Is that kind of gone by the wayside now that it's all legal, or are people still leveraging it? I think I think they're still leveraging to a certain extent. They, there's a rule that if if you have a, I think shoe companies that have contracts with individual schools can't be involved. But let's just say Nike. Uh, Nike's a very powerful, <laughs> influential brand, and and in basketball, mm -hmm. so is Adidas and Under Armour. You know, Under Armour's kind of third. I mean, but look, then again, uh, you know, Auburn has been to a Final Four recently, and they're Under Armour. Uh, Texas Tech has played for a national championship. They're Under mm -hmm. Armour. Maryland's certainly a good basketball program. They're Under Armour. Mm -hmm. So, but I, I do think it does in that, and I think the shoe part of it, Chris, is what makes the money and that that and the fact that nba job nba jobs are great and i, I use this uh analogy a lot meta world peace i.e ron artest uh was the 13th guy at the end of his career 13th mm -hmm. guy on the lakers bench never played right 
Mm. Dude made $15 million (laughs) for just sitting there. All the contracts in basketball are guaranteed, unlike football. You don't have to work Mm. your way up through the minors, unlike baseball. It's a, hey, if you're a lottery pick, you are literally set for life. Whether you, you know, go out there and are injured all the time like a, you know, Zion Williamson was for a couple of years or whoever, you're set for life. Mm-hmm. And endorsements just roll in. Uh, and so it, it stands to reason for college within the NIL era, you know, it's going to be more expensive. And mm-hmm. uh, I think I think people, people <clears throat> talk about the Park Avenue deal and that falling apart a bit. And how, well, that affects men's basketball more than just about anything because yeah. – you want to recruit the types of guys that, that that say, "Hey, you know, brand A," because you're a top ten player in the country, and you're going to be a, a multimillionaire and a lottery pick in eighteen months because of one and done. Brand A wants to get on board with you right now, you know. And and yeah. I think that's that's kind of that's the sport that hurts the worst. So I, I'm having problems finding hope. Yeah. Uh, I want to, but I'm having problems finding hope just because of the landscape and uh, really sort of how things are going now. Yeah, I mean, you think it's it's all about recruiting, right? Just like every other sport. You think about why, you know, people point to Don Staley and women's basketball, and if Don can do it, and I agree, right? If you can have the type of product you have in women's basketball, I think you can win in men's basketball. And it also shows, right, South Carolina LSU, that game is sold out on the women's side of things. And if you build it, they will come, right? You know, I, I, I do say that I think South Carolina is a football school, right? Football's king in the SEC. I think we also love our baseball, but I think Gamecock fans love basketball too, but it's just one of those sports we understand that you, you got to put a product on the floor, at least a competitive product, right? People just aren't going to show up otherwise. So, um, you know, I think it can be done, but you look at what Dawn Staley and company are doing. I mean, they're reeling in the best players, the absolute best players every single year. That's why they're number one. That's why they're undefeated. That's why they're winning national titles. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a challenge, man. NIL in college basketball for sure. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, you got to be able to recruit, right? And not necessarily McDonald's All-Americans, but at least SEC caliber talent, which it feels like we're lacking right now. Yeah, and, and I'll say this too. You know, basketball too is more of a sure thing. I mean, you go out and sign three five stars, you're going to be right. good. Right. Uh, but football, yeah. maybe two of those five stars, you know, maybe they got too much NIL <laughs> right. money like at A&M yeah. and they're, they're smoking weed in the locker room, right? But, uh, you know, that's that's the thing there. Um, so, so football wise, uh, you know, there, there's, there's really two things I'm going to ask you about, uh, right now on the forefront of everybody's mind, uh, Jacory, uh, not Jacory Caldwell, Eliza Caldwell is, uh, probably the third, fourth thing with Wendell Gregory. Those are, those are pending commits, but the Trey John Jeffcoat thing, and I'll tell you what I, I've heard is, uh, you know, it, it, the door still cracked a bit, but it's not looking likely. Uh, and, uh, and then of course, Nick Harbor. Uh, and I don't know what's wrong with me, Chris. I don't, I don't share the optimism for some reason. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's because yeah. the last two big stories I personally was on, Dowell Loggins and Trey John Jeffcoat, and th- those have obviously caused a, a lot of reaction yeah. that happened there. You know, so maybe I'm gun shy and just don't want to. I don't want people to be disappointed, or I don't want to be disappointed. Yeah. You know, so, so 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 start with Harbor and then get into Jeffcoat, and then tell me why I'm wrong for for not having. Uh, an immense amount of hope for Nick Harbour. Well, I mean, I you know, I, I think you're fair to have cautious optimism. You know, I'm not getting out over my skis, if you will, when it comes to Nick Harbour. And just because you think about what Oregon provide, what everybody that's recruiting him, what they provide. I know South Carolina, uh, you know, people we've talked to, the recruits all have a great relationship with him in South Carolina that, you know, they, they're going to feature him as a weapon on the offense, which he wants to do. He's going to run track. The Gamecocks do have a great track program. Um, NIL certainly playing a factor, but – 
you know, you just think about who you're going up against, right? <clears throat> the organs of the world, and they're going to get his last official visit this weekend and the Phil Knight money and Nike money. And, I mean, it's it's for a guy, it almost feels like for Nick Harbour, track is, dare I say, more important. Like, I think that's the big thing for him because he's got the potential to be an Olympic athlete one day. Um, you know, I, I'm optimistic. You know, JC, I don't think you're crazy, though, for at least – uh, keeping yourself a little bit guarded, right? Just because when it comes to a guy like that, we just don't know. Nobody really knows. I was listening to 24-7. Uh, Brian Doan, a 24-7 earlier this week, and he literally said, bottom line is this, nobody knows where he's going. Maybe even Nick Harbour doesn't know where he's going, right? So I know Shane Beamer and company, uh, you know, they brought out the reinforcements last night. They were in D.C. and went and visited him in home, and I'm sure the visit went great. You know, I'm sure they're telling him everything he wants to hear and even more, and I'm sure they gave – their absolute best pitch last night. And listen, don't doubt Shane Beamer, right? I think the beautiful thing is we've seen him. We've overachieved the first two years on the field. They continue to make great strides off the field in recruiting. Uh, they continue to hit home runs. And I think right now, you know, it's a great time to be recruiting Nick Harbour because, you know, you've got all the positive momentum you could ask for, right, in regards to on the field, off the field, the wins you're having in recruiting. I think you can sell many things in Nick Harbour. Hey, you, you're one of our missing pieces to get us to that next level. You know, we think 2023 could be a special season, a breakout year. You could be the difference maker, right? I mean, realistically, we talked about what it meant to get Rattler and Wells back. And, um, you know, all of a sudden, maybe you're a dark horse in the SEC East. Maybe if you get in Nick Harbour, maybe you really are. Maybe you really are uh, that dark horse, if you will. And he's going to have a chance to play on a really, really good football team. Um, you know, beyond that, I mean, I would say, again, I'm 50-50 I'm on it. I, I think the Gamecocks have got a great shot, but I, I'm not getting out of, ahead of myself either. And I'm just excited to see where he goes. And obviously, if South kind of gets him, it would be huge. Excuse the uh, the dogs in the background, by the way. I'm watching somebody's dogs. Um, <laughs> in regard, yeah, in regard, I feel like JC now because I, I feel like I've had JC on when he's had the dogs barking in the background. Oh, yeah, my, my little but, uh, upset. Yeah, yeah, no. But uh, anyway, so I, I feel good about Harbor. But again, I don't think you're crazy, JC, for, for you know, being a little cautiously optimistic, if you will. Um, in regards to the Trajan Jeffcoat situation, yeah, I mean, from everything we've heard, people we've talked to, they're fighting hard for it, but it's it's very, very unlikely. It's on life support, if you will. So it's a shame. It'll be unfortunate, um, you know, without getting into all the details behind the scenes. It, you know, it's obviously a guy you'd love to have. Um, we know at this point it's not academics, right? The guy was an SEC academic All-American or whatever, but uh, – you know, I, I trust that Clayton White and Beamer and those guys, they'll, they'll have the guys they need on the edge. But, man, Jeff Coat would have been a huge pickup just because that's a position of need. You lose two starters there, right? And, um, I mean, certainly he would have been a great replacement. So, all in all, though, I mean, you got to feel confident. Elijah Caldwell, like you mentioned, when you're on the show, J.C. actually today, I think he'll make that announcement sometime between one and two, I think they said. Uh, six foot 190 oh. out of Rock Hill. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean – you got to love the momentum that Shane Beamer's built on the recruiting trail. I mean, you look at 24, you look at 25, obviously what they just did in the 23 class. And, again, if you can land Nick Harbor, that would really be the exclamation point. So, bottom line is this on Harbor. I think the Gamecocks have got as good a shot as anybody. I, I don't know that Harbor's given off any indication of a of any sort of lean. Again, the Oregon visit concerns me. I know Southern Cal, Michigan. His mom likes Michigan a lot, I think. Uh, of course, Maryland. I don't think they're really a factor. Sorry about it, Mike Loxley. But – um, you know, it's, you know, it, it's as expected, it's going to be very competitive to land his services. And I mean, what a win it would be for South Carolina if they can get him next week. Talking with Chris Phillips, the Spurs up show. Don't forget. I'll be on the Spurs up show around one fifteen, And, uh, yeah, I need to start like, you know, maybe not scheduling doctors, telehealth and, uh, conference calls at eight in the morning. Cause I, I missed that. I missed that Caldwell was announcing today. So yeah, sports talk, I think late last night, I think they had his coach on. I think they had his coach uh, okay. on the show, and he said that he's going to announce today. So, 
I think, again, when you're on or maybe right before you come on, um, I think we all feel pretty good about Caldwell and the chances of South Carolina to land him. So we might be able to talk about a commitment as it's happening when we have you on the show today. So Yeah, no doubt. That'll be outstanding. And, yeah, I like him a lot as a player. I think probably underrated a little bit right there. Um, Jafaler uh, has a question for you. Uh, he says, is it Omaha or bust this year for the baseball team? What do you think? No, I don't think Omaha or bust, but I do think super regional or bust. Um, because if you don't make the supers, I mean, here's the thing. You know, last year you were ravaged by injuries. And, uh, you know, you still fell short of expectations. I mean, you go below 500. Uh, that That is a horrific year, a historically bad year for South Carolina baseball. But you look at this season. And we had Aaron Fitt on the show, D1 Baseball dot com today on the podcast side of things and you know they've got the Gamecocks ranked 23rd in their preseason top 25 which I think I was even a bit surprised right because coming off a 27 and 28 year you're not exactly sure how much hype and high expectations are going to be around your baseball program but talking with Aaron Fit they look at the Yardcocks a lot like they looked at Texas A&M last year you know a team that give Mark Kingston credit I know many of us were critical of him last year myself former players many people behind the scenes but you know, they went out and they made some changes, and he didn't just sit on his hands. They went and got Monty Lee. They picked up a bunch of guys through the transfer portal, both arms and sticks. And uh, so they look at the Gamecocks like A&M because that's exactly what Texas A&M did in Jim Schlossnagel's first year. Uh, 2021, they go 9-21 and in SEC play. Last year, revamped team. They're a top-eight national seed, and they go to Omaha. So I'm not saying the Gamecocks are going to go to Omaha, but D1 baseball is high on the guys that they picked up. Uh, Gavin Cassis is one of the biggest transfer gets. That's a guy to remember and a guy to keep your uh, keep your eye on. The transfer from Vanderbilt, he's going to be your starting first baseman. And Mark Kingston actually said the other day that Gavin Cassis, since the day he stepped foot on campus, has been their best hitter. So I, I think it's mm-hmm. fair to have high expectations for him in this season. But I think it's supers or busts, guys, because, you know, again, this is year six, season five for Mark Kingston. And they've sniffed success here and there. But if you don't make the supers, one of three scenarios happen this year. Number one, you missed the postseason. I think you got to make a change. Number two, you know, you had an okay year. You're a two or three seed in a regional somewhere. You don't win the regional. I still think that's not going to be enough. And the third, and maybe the most damning of all, if you host a regional and you can't win your own regional. It's like an unforgivable sin at South Carolina. Mm. So I think to really feel good, you know, people I've talked to behind the scenes, they've said if he gets to a regional final, there's a really good chance he'll be back. Um you know, but I, I just think it's supers or bust in my mind. But I will say this, you know, I'm not going into the season with the the vitriol of just every hey, every time we give up a run, it's gonna be fired Kingston. I, I wanna see Mark Kingston succeed, man. Selfishly, I want Mark Kingston to be here a decade from now and I want him to go on a Ray Tanner esque run because I just wanna win. I mean, we all just wanna win, right? So um, you know, you add Monty Lee, I think that's the big piece of optimism for us all that he'll get it going on the hitting side of things. Because J.C. and Phil, the pitching is going to be elite. The pitching is going to be enough to win you 40 games. If you can swing it at all, if you're an average hitting ball club, slightly above average hitting ball club, you ain't got to be Tennessee last year, but if you're just slightly above average, you are going to win 40 games. You're probably going to go 16 and 14, 17 and 13 in SEC play. You will host, and I think you'll have a team capable of getting the Super Regionals. you got to stay healthy as well. You know, Last year, I think if you can bounce back, you can have a Super Regional caliber team and a Super Regional type year. I think it'll show that last year was really a one-off. And, again, you were really ravaged by injuries. I think six pitchers or eight pitchers were out at one point. So, Mm -hmm. this team has the talent to go on the type of run that I mentioned, right? Now, you can get hot, you can get cold, what have you. But all in all, when the dust settles, this team has all the pieces, in my opinion. But I think the thing that kind of scares me a little bit is we've seen this script before where – 
they hit the transfer portal and they bring in these big bats from other schools and it feels like the guys never live up to the hype and again of course hitting has been has been the uh, the black eye of, of the Mark Kingston era. So it's got to come around. We're hoping Monty Lee, his injection of a little bit of a different approach will lead to better results. And if they do that, again, they've got all the pitching in the world to, to have a really, really big season. Absolutely. The pitching staff is, is loaded, uh, absolutely yeah. loaded uh, this year. It's a lot of arms for South Carolina. would be good to see uh, meaningful baseball in late yeah. May and early June. Man, I, I, I'm tired of, like, my Carolina sports year <clears throat> ending in April. You know, yeah, there's nothing There's nothing like Founders Park, man, when you get into late April, early May, like you said, and the, the yard cocks are good. And, I mean, you've got some really big series later in the season. you got number one LSU coming to town. Tennessee's the final series of the year, and they'll be, you know, a top five, top ten team, I'm sure. And, you know, if you can host a regional. I mean, I was at the regional in 2021 when the Gamecocks host. I mean, it was electric, guys. It was absolutely mm-hmm. electric. So, uh, there's no better place to be in the country, I feel like, to watch college baseball when your team's good than Founders Park. And certainly the postseason, it speaks for itself. And uh, how much fun would it be? It's just like you mentioned, man, there's, there's nothing better. So um, I think you're going to be able to tell a lot early on. You know, I'm doing the position at previews right now, and I'll get more into the week of opening day projected lineups and record predictions. But I think performing in the non-conference, I think early on is so important for this team. Because all due respect to the, the Skyhawks, I believe it is a UMass Lowell or Penn or, or Bethune Cookman, but you know if, if you're not if you're not teeing off on that pitching, right, it's just not going to be a good sign. It's just not. It's just not. That's the time to kind of find your groove. Your pitching is going to be elite and do their thing, but you just really need to see the offensive side of things get rolling, get hot, and have all the confidence in the world as you go into SEC play because. I mean, it gets real very quickly. You're at Georgia for three, who's going to be a really dangerous team. Um, You know, you've got road series against Arkansas, Mississippi State. I mean, guys, you've seen the schedule. I mean, it's the SEC. It's a gauntlet. So you better be ready to go when it comes around. But, again, I'm optimistic. I'm high on this ball club. I like a lot of the transfers they brought in. You know, and if they can swing it, again, I'm I'm giddy about the pitching that you have. It's, It's a plethora of riches for sure. All righty. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, looking forward to being on with you here in about an hour and 25 minutes. Uh, it's always a, a great segment. Uh, Phil and I like baseball, but we're probably not as uh, knowledgeable as like you and John Whittle and Jamie, all the, all the guys that like to talk it like you. So certainly appreciate that. I, I, you know, personally, like I said, I, I'm excited because I, I do look at the schedule. This is like a, a Ray Tanner-esque non-conference schedule. I mean, Ray used to <laughs> – Never schedule anybody in the non-conference yeah. except Clemson, and uh, this is uh, this is a very uh, not a lot of powerhouses. Let's just say. yeah, there, there's something to be warm-up said about, opportunities, right? Yeah, there, there's something to be said about those really fun non-conference series and and those tournaments that some teams are in. But you know, the SEC is such a grind, man. Like at the end of the day why not take advantage of the non-conference and your midweeks are kind of your typical. But again, it's one of those things you can't take it for granted because we watched South Carolina last year and how bad they were in the midweek games. I mean, what, you lost to Citadel, you lost to PC. That can't happen this year. And I don't think it will sheerly from a pitching standpoint because Mark Kingston made this point of the night too that Tuesday nights, you're going to have a guy pitching that's a pro prospect. That That's probably going to be like a top-ten rounder. So mm-hmm. there should be none of those issues. I mean, it's baseball. You can certainly still lose a midweek. But uh, on the baseball side of note, guys, I, I got you. So I, I get into it just like football. I mean, I'm extremely passionate about it. I love it. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to another great year. So, Chris Phillips, Spurs Up Show. Thanks for joining us, bud. See you next week on the show. And I, I'll talk to you here in a little bit.
Yes, sir. JC, Phil, appreciate y'all. JC, we'll talk soon. Thank y'all. You man. Chris Phillips, Spurs Up Show, Nana Sports Chat Box. Uh, Clint did ask. All right, first of all, I want to give a shout out to U Haul, uh, <laughs> who, who points out there's no such thing as year zero in the portal era. Paris did a terrible job recruiting the portal. I I think so. I mean, I, I, I don't. Yeah, he, he obviously he didn't really go add a lot of great players. Yeah, it, it was at least uh, short of the mark. I like U-Haul because U-Haul studies stats and uh, has stats to back things up. Don't always agree with them on everything, but uh, a lot of respect for Mr. U-Haul. And uh, certainly glad that you're here in the Nana Sports chat box, buddy. Yeah. Um, Clint says uh, stronger, longer, as far as Harbor goes. Yeah, the stronger, longer theory is this. Um, if you're up at the top for a recruit, the longer you are up toward the top or in the mix – the better your chances. It doesn't always work out that way. But uh, I think of the schools in the mix for Harbor right now, Michigan and South Carolina would both apply uh, as stronger or longer. Uh, they were catching how many times uh, Chris touched his hat during the, the segment. I haven't noticed that, but apparently 16. something like 19. Uh, Will wants to have more than one camera at the beginning of the baseball season. Uh, tired of hearing they're all being used for basketball every year. Yeah, you know, people complained about that, and then all of a sudden, voila, voila, there was another camera. So it does seem does seem like that should, uh, Found that should one. be the case. <laughs> Clint also has a Jeff Coat thing. What's the holdup on Jeff Coat? Seems to me that either he gets in or doesn't. Well, it, it's well, one of those where only that simple. <laughs> he's got to explore. He's got to want to kind of explore it with Carolina now, and I, I think. I think he does. I just, uh, you know, I was told the university would definitely revisit it if he wanted to, to think about coming back. But then once he enrolls in Arkansas, that's it. So we'll see sort of what happens uh, with that. Um, Michael says, I always look, well, never mind. Uh, 76 says, U-Haul uh, is right on Paris, though. Didn't hit the portal hard enough. Probably so. And, and Lamont actually told Mike Morgan that. He said, I need to hit the reporter a little harder. So, so that's the deal there. Um, you all that says, thanks, JC, my inaugural visit. And guys, come on. This whole Mark Ryan thing, just let it go. Let it go. We all have people that, you know, you guys, and by the way, you guys know how I feel about that situation. I'm going to let, uh, you know, Chris has a guest on his podcast. That's fine. I mean, you know, we, we don't. It, it, it's pointless, you know, to sit here and continue uh, for me to give Mark Ryan a lot of airtime. Uh, but I told you, 100% confirmed Tuesday night. Yeah, trust me, it's yeah, it's wrong. Trust tr tr <laughs> Phil. I, I text Phil after it. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, it's, trust me, trust me. Uh, Tuesday night, he never even talked to Garrett Riley at all. We... At all. I don't know who the other two people were besides Dowell Loggins, but uh, and, and look, it makes sense. I pointed this out, right, Phil? Spencer Rattler, it was the number one guy they had to get back, right? Mm -hmm. There is no more tomorrow in college football. You don't just let people go and build, and you know, especially for an offensive coordinator that may leave you after one year to get a head coaching job. You, you can't count on those uh, assistants or mercenaries. You can't count on those guys being here either. So you, you want to win right now because guess what? Shane Beamer goes out there and goes four and eight next year with with Garrett Riley and 
let's say Luke Doty happened to be the starter and then got hurt, and so you have to go with a very inexperienced guy in that offense. Um, you know, uh, who's got the hottest seat in that situation? Yeah, I mean, dude, <laughs> Shane Beamer's in trouble. So, so there is no tomorrow. Uh, you want Rattler back? Rattler. Think about who benched Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma. It was a guy named Lincoln Riley, who Garrett Riley's, uh, who happens to be his brother, right? So you bring another Riley in, you bring basically the same system from Oklahoma in that, that Spencer didn't come here to play in, you're, you're going to lose Spencer Rattler. Now, you know, I also think Dowell Loggins has brought a lot to the table. Uh, we have to see what happens, but uh, we'll go uh, we'll go there. So, And Jan makes a good point. It pisses us off. Mark Ryan is a, uh, a Richard and Chris was defending him. I get it, you know. But uh, a lot of people say a lot of things I don't agree with. But, you know, Chris does a, has a good segment here uh, on the show. Um, and, and all that. But that's fine. You guys can be mad all you want. I got I got you. I, I feel it. I feel you, bro. I feel you, man. I feel you. I feel, I feel you. you. Yeah. Uh, but, it's one of the reasons so why that, I do not tune in to that station. And I live yeah. well within the reach of its airwaves. We, we, we have a policy on Big Spur. Me and Whittle came up with nobody's allowed from our staff to go on that show with him. That's how that's how strongly we feel about Mark Ryan. <laughs> and it's a shame, man, because like you know when I was doing national recruiting, he was at stations in Florida and Texas. I used to go on his show all the time. You know, I know the guy. When he got the job, I was happy for him. Um, and uh, boy, I was wrong. What's wrong about that guy? <laughs> you know, all, all that good stuff. So, but yeah, that, that's the policy right there. Uh, Saunders says, does Garrett even want a head coaching job, though? Clemson has a history of paying their assistants very well. Brent Venable set the assistant coach compensation two times. Coaches agree Clemson's a good place to coach, too. It is. I went through that the other day. Clemson's a good job. If you ask most coaches, Clemson or South Carolina, they're going to pick Clemson. Path of least resistance. They pay well. You're going to be in the mix for the playoff, even, even especially when they expand the playoff, unless somebody else in the ACC pops up. Uh, and then, oh, here we go. Right when Florida State's coming back and you create a situation where Clemson may not even win their division, the ACC's doing away with divisions. Yep, now we'll just get rid of divisions. Yeah, because it's yeah, like we'll we just get rid of the them. Conference needs a perennial, you know. <laughs> no more Duke. No more Duke. in the NAM. <laughs> Duke. No more Wake Pitt, Wake Forest versus Pitt in Charlotte in December for all the marbles. Oh, that's right. Wake this time it's real. Pitt versus Wake Forest. Syracuse, Boston College. Let's go. <laughs> no, uh, that's the deal there. So, All right, we're going to hit a break. We'll be back after this inside the Game Costa Show. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. And I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stoneblatt. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. 
If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgess and team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it, let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Warrior of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Even though we're right at the top of the second hour, I'm going to plug Cindy Searfoss because we missed one. Cindy Searfoss, Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy a call for all your upstate residential real estate needs, 864-414-5271. She'll be happy to help you out. Tell her you heard her here. That way she will continue to allow me to say this every first hour. So so we missed a break, didn't we? Oh, yeah, man. it's all right. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. That's yeah, the good thing about exactly. not being on a terrestrial radio station is, eh, we just catch it on the floor. There's no hard breaks. Yeah, and I, because uh, <laughs> I was sitting there like about about a minute before Chris got off. I was like, all right, we got we're gonna break, come back, because that's the reason. Like, uh, I cut him at like ten fifty instead of like ten fifty five. Mm-hmm. And uh, lo and behold, we didn't get to it. And so, 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 how many do we have left? We have three left. Yeah, yeah, we'll just do yeah, yeah. We yeah, we hit one every fifteen minutes or so. We'll yeah, we'll, do, we'll we'll try to we'll try to make haste with that. Uh, the Colonial Life Arena was ranked as um, the eighty second highest grossing revenue arena in the world. In the world, wow. <laughs> like in the in the world, man. Uh, Thanks, fams. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, fams. <laughs> monster truck pulls, Disney on ice, uh, concerts, you know. And, and that's what I'm saying. The, the, the Colonial Life Arena is a moneymaker. Even if they build a new basketball arena, you you still keep Colonial Life for, for big events and also uh, you know, to attract things like the first and second round of the NCAA tournament and all that good stuff. So I, I – uh, I don't think that building is without purpose. I just don't think it's the most ideal home court for uh, the South Carolina basketball teams. But for yeah. 14.3 million, uh, it's the seventh arena uh, in the in the in the world, I guess, or, or, or in the U.S. Uh, arenas that regularly host university athletic events. This would this would mean both university owned and you know places that. Uh, you know, college teams play like DePaul. Well, DePaul has an on campus. Up, up here in Chicago, like I think DePaul used to play at like the Rosemont Horizon. So it would include on campus, university owned facilities and, uh, you know, university affiliated facilities. Now, uh, if you're just talking about arenas that uh, universities own, 
Only the Moody Center at Texas, Thompson Bowling at Tennessee, and the Save Mart Center at Fresno State. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure that's. A, well, I mean, not not a lot. There's not a lot going on in Fresno, you know. No. <laughs> so I'm sure. I'm sure you, know, you get the monster truck pulls out there too. Uh, only those arenas ranked ahead of Colonial Life as far as gross revenues uh, for 2022. Um, $64 million is what the Colonial Life Arena cost in 2002. So it's 20 years old, $64 million, uh, operated by the Gamecocks Athletics. So hats off to everybody that works there. I know yeah, no like the folks that, that run and, and, and that, that work in the venues and that, that, that are kind of behind the scenes on game days, events, whatever – they don't always get a lot of credit. You know, nobody even really talks about them unless something goes horribly wrong. <laughs> uh, like, like, like doo-doo ice at the football games and the long lines of the bathrooms and stuff. So shout out to them. Shout out to bringing in that cheddar, you know, uh, from the CLA. And, uh, you know, certainly, like I said, I, I, I continue to maintain it. I think it's a beautiful building in a lot of ways. Uh, I, just, I just don't know that it's realistically – a spot, you know, I mean, South Carolina would have to get really, really good at men's basketball, I think, to fill that puppy up every year. And, 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 and look, they were on their way to doing it. If you think about when they started building this, it was during the Fogler era after Carolina just won the SEC, you know, four or five years into being in the league. Uh, I think a lot of people felt at the time because you look at the departure from the ACC and then the Metro Conference years – that was sort of what a lot of people felt, you know, lack of conference membership, uh, you know, that, that influences at-large bids, the NCAA tournament, everything like that. I think everybody felt like that was what the basketball program was missing. You hire Eddie Fogler, he wins it in his fourth year, and then goes right back the next year, two one and duns, of course. Um, Frank McGuire Arena was selling out season tickets like mad. I mean, they were hanging off the rafters. They thought Carolina basketball was back, you know, so – Hey, 17,000-seat arena, kind of like Arkansas. That was the vision. Then, unfortunately, the bottom fell out with Fogler. He didn't even coach in the arena. Uh, Dave Odom comes in. Uh, and then, you know, the rest is history. I don't have to go through all of it. You know, Dave mm-hmm. Odom to Darren Horn to Frank Martin, and, and here we are with Lamont Paris. So, uh, and it's just the, the, the interest in this program has just eroded over time. You're, you're talking about a long, long time. Uh, from the, those Fogler years where the vision was, here's where we're going. It's going to be just like, you know, when South Carolina was in the ACC. They, you know, the SEC was you know, kind of Kentucky and Arkansas and everybody else. So why not South Carolina? Last time they were in a major conference, they were a national power. Uh, and it just hadn't worked out that way. Just hadn't worked, yeah. but, I, but I do understand the vision uh, with all of that. Lance. Has been having some. He says he's going to have Omaha, or I'm drinking all the lattes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, yeah. Let me explain. Let me explain something, Michael. Um, he committed. Trey John did commit to Arkansas, but that's just like a verbal commit. Um, he had, you know, he he hasn't signed, right? So when you transfer in, you sign basically by going to class. So it's not binding. Um, so I want to make that clear that. I know I missed that uh, Caldwell was announcing today, but I want to make it clear. I know he committed to Arkansas, but that's a commitment. Uh, so that's why it's still not over, you know, until he actually enrolls, which he probably should do. Uh, Cam says we're on to Cincinnati. 
<laughs> Basically. Uh, Brandon, Brandon says, JC, what's the deal on Xavier Hardy? Will pour me a pint of Dowell Loggins if he makes it in. Cheers. I think he's still signing. He keeps saying he is. Uh, I haven't heard that. Now, uh, Tony has some different information on it, but uh, on our site, but uh, I, I, I think he's still signing. Now, is he going to qualify academically? That's a question. Um, you know, all that good stuff, you know. Uh, Frank says that clown Nolan at locked in the razor on the Razorbacks claims Jeff coat never wanted to play at South Carolina or for Shane Beamer. And once he saw Arkansas facility, he committed him. I can tell you that, uh, clown Nolan is a liar <laughs> and he needs to get his facts straight. And you can tell him I said that. And I doubt I'll acknowledge him. If he calls me his little, little feelings get hurt. He calls me out on Twitter, but he is lying. He does not know his ass from a hole in the ground on the subject. He needs to do his research and uh, call me back later. And that's no disrespect to Arkansas as a program. I'm thrilled to death that Jeff Goat will have an opportunity there if he doesn't come to South Carolina. Right? But that's just a lie. That's just not true. Not true. In fact, I think if Jordan Birch had never hit the portal, Trajan Jeff Goat never hits the portal, and he's playing in what is it, the – what do they call it? The clown line rival? No, I'm sorry. The red line rivalry uh, in the Missouri, that, that manu manufactured rivalry they got now? Yeah. I think Missouri and Arkansas both would rather play South Carolina than play each other because there's history with both schools there. But uh, uh, anyway, so yeah, Jeff Coat would have been in, in gold and black next year. So put whoever's smoking what, put that little bit of uh, swag in your pipe and smoke it. <clears throat> Seeds and stems and all. I, and I'm tired of this crap, man. That's about I mean, all it is, really. I mean, that's ridiculous. He's a South Carolinian. It's, it's, yeah, he's <laughs> from Columbia. Not, right? Come I on. mean, how many? Once you saw the facilities, oh, gosh. Gee, South Carolina has terrible facilities, don't they? I love Arkansas. Arkansas facilities are nice. Great respect for the Razorbacks, their fans, that university, their athletic program, Sam Pittman, everybody out there. I'm not, I'm not hating on Arkansas, but just be factual. Good God, man. Or, or just, just stick to Twitter. By the way, the Locked On Network. They got mad at me and Keith because we called ours Locked On. And I should have thought about this, and we should have probably come up with another name. But uh, Keith kind of named the old podcast and his podcast. They threatened me. <laughs> Dude said, I, and the dude's name's Locke. And he, I'm like, he's like, I don't want to get legal involved. I'm like, you're not in, and at the time, they weren't in any college markets at all. I was like, this is not a competitive situation. It's like, uh, you want to send me a nasty letter from your lawyer? Go ahead. I have a lawyer too. <laughs> Was that uh, the one that just has the, there is no the in it? Yeah, it's locked on. Yeah. Because it's okay. Locke. It's a play on his name. Uh, okay. You know, so okay. whatever. I'm sure they're making plenty of money or whatever. But uh, yeah, whatever. Anyway, plenty um, of room for everybody. Yeah. So, uh, Michael says Eddie Lewis from Memphis is a great pickup. Excellent putt returner. Yeah, shifty. Um, New York City kid. I like New York City kids in in football because they're raw, <laughs> and they got upside. Um, I think he's going to help, and really kind of almost sneakily. And the Gamecocks do need a punt returner because Josh Fan's gone. So uh, now, 
Amari Brown's pretty good punt returner, right? Especially when he can get loose. You saw the Clemson game, the big return he had there. Uh, I think with Amari and sometimes, he, you know, fielding the ball and all that's been a challenge, but uh, that was last year. Uh, so my guess is it'll be Eddie Lewis and Amari Brown trying to battle it out from that. Joey says, I watch a lot of Gamecock podcasts, and this is the best. Thanks, JC and Phil. My wife even asked me while I was walking around with my phone at home listening to you guys. Mind your business, clown. <laughs> Thanks, Joey. We appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so, not the wisest decision to call your wife a clown. <laughs> Maybe that's just internal monologue. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's. <laughs> uh, we need to get Todd Ellis on the women's basketball calls. That would be hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> Brian, this, is, this is what Brian said. Slap me silly. She hit it from beyond the three years old. <laughs> lay up Carolina. Lay up victory Saxton. Boom. <laughs> Jesse says, when is Harbor's announcement? February 1st. Yep. Um, the Eddie Lewis pickup might be a great win for us. And it was sort of quiet. Yeah, and it was it was going on with during the Jeffcoat thing and then People were focused on Dylan Johnson, and rightfully so, because I think you know, Dylan's a really good player. It was a starting SEC running back. Of course, Tony reported yesterday it's not looking good for him either. That doesn't surprise me. But uh, So there's a lot of focus. Those two guys are SEC starters. This kid's coming from Memphis, and he was at Rutgers before that. There's a lot of good players that end up making their way to Memphis, though. I'll tell you that right now. So I, I think Eddie Lewis could be a sneaky good deal. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Crager says he thought Little Turbo may return punts. That'd be if Little Turbo's eligible. So, you know, so that's it. Big Wash said, JC, there are kids who are really good basketball players in my area. South Carolina has only offered one. I even saw Pat Kelsey at a game a few days ago. Pat Kelsey's a pretty good coach, right? Mm. Really good coach. Doing good oh, yeah. things with Charleston, which is not surprising. Not surprised at all. Uh, Saunders says, "How how are Lamont?" And, and look, man, let's just say, let's say Lamont doesn't work out, okay? And, and I think he, uh, I think it remains to be seen. I'm not, I'm not sitting here jumping up and down saying, "Give him a chance, give him a chance." I'm not saying, uh, you know, don't. I'm not saying whatever. I, I don't really have an opinion other than things are really ugly right now. And I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. And a lot of that's maybe not even his fault. But I think next time around, when you have a Pat Kelsey in your state or a Bob Ritchie in your state, uh, you know those two probably, if you make them a great offer, we would have taken the job. I think it's going to maybe you need to make the obvious choice. Because um, I think those guys can really coach. Uh, even like Nico Medved from Colorado State, it would have taken a lot of money. But... You need a guy, if things get worse and this does not work out with Paris, you need a basketball kid, like a guy that you know X's and O's wise, he's going to have an advantage. Uh, and, and he's going to be able to recruit in a manner like Frank Martin did. Because I think now it's just unfortunate because I think everybody under the old way of recruiting is like, well, it's all up to the coach to recruit, right? Uh, you get a good coach in here that knows how to do it, he's going to get players. It's not that way anymore. It's yeah. cold, hard cash that gets players. Now, some of these basketball programs over the years have been forking it out already, you know. 
But uh, that's the deal there. Uh, Susan is in. I listen almost every day while working out and doing chores. My family gets a crack out of it, being I am female. Nice. Well, Susan, we appreciate you. I hope I've said nothing to offend you. Because sometimes I'll get off on topics like online dating. <laughs> Things like that. It's definitely from a male's <laughs> perspective. That's so. But yeah, but thank you for listening, Susan. We appreciate you and everybody out there, male, female, uh, otherwise, you know, that listens to this show. Um, and Clint says post more often. Uh, Big Watch says it's not all Lamont's fault. I watched closely the past few games. I don't want to be negative, so just keep quiet. Meredith's also, you know, right here. Meredith says, welcome, Susan. So that's outstanding. Meredith, by the way, uh, Congratulations to her. I, I heard through the grapevine. Actually, I think she put it on the chat box yesterday. Five golf lessons scheduled in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. I guess that's a lot because, you know, we don't have a lot of daylight now. So that would probably be, you know, a pretty good deal. Back to yeah. back to back to back to back. So thanks. Um, U-Haul has another. I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw this U-Haul thing up here. Again, U-Haul is one of my favorite posters on Big Spur. Like I said, don't always agree with him. But he, he, he has a reason for everything he says, and I appreciate that, like, methodical fault and, and analytic mind that goes into it. I'm not going to tell you what he does for a living, uh, but let's just say it kind of fits, you know. Uh, he says uh, the issue is that this basketball is historically bad, and the other guys hired around the SEC face similar challenges. Yeah, McMahon at LSU lost his whole team, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and aren't putting out embarrassing performances game after game uh, and all that good stuff. So uh, that's the deal there. All right, Quantrill has a point on this when we get back in the Dennis Sports chat box. I have holding mailbag questions also today. Actually, Phil, will pull that up because Chris Bone uh, has a uh, has something with this topic. So we'll get yeah. that going right now. Uh, I'll be back after these messages inside the Gamecocks of the show. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Walk, walk, easy. He's got a tire by the tail, he has. He better hang on, too. People have spoken. Nana's Porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper Public Poll. Also, their pimento cheese mm, took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine with an Uptown Twist. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell, Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. 
and many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox! Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call, 803-446-4662, to discuss a potential backyard retreat for your home. I keep looking at the chat box. Damn it, y'all, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are oh, a bunch I, of Listen, you clowns. No, I love it. I love it. Y'all keep going. The clown, clown <laughs> posse. Right. Yeah, so Oh, I was gonna say we could dip into the iHelp Consulting mailbag or what? what, Where we want to go here? Yeah, let's go. Let's go with that mailbag question. I think from uh, start with Chris. Start the one with Chris, and then we'll go. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, Chris, and then we'll go Joseph, and then we'll go uh, Bradley because Brad. We'll we'll finish it off. Get back to basketball. Bradley's questions. Let's roll. So let's see. So Chris uh, writes in JC and Phil. I watched Wilt Fong on his whip around show from a couple of days ago. Talk about Harbor's recruitment visiting Oregon. He sounded giddy talking about how great the visit is going to be with Phil Knight assisting and seeing the track facilities. Parenthetically, which rubbed me the wrong way. Eugene, Oregon is not Disney World and Columbia, South Carolina is not Skid Row. <laughs> he mentioned that Lanning's in-home visit with Harbor last week was the first time they had met him in person. I don't see how you can get comfortable playing for a coach you've only met twice before getting to campus. He also mentioned Maryland is always being brought up by the sources in his camp. Do you think, like me, that this is all just a pile of crap meant to stir up energy for a lackluster February signing period where he's the headliner? I don't. Uh, I think he's Carolina-bound just based on the fact that he's always mentioned us at or near the top with other schools for a year now. Stronger for longer theory. Thanks, gentlemen. Chris. I mean, that's the thing you got going for you for Nick, JC, is the stronger, longer. I mean, you've been in on him. You know, I don't think the addition of Taylor Edwards can be overstated for the impact that we've had up there in the DMV, right? From a recruiting perspective. Pete Pete Limbo, Sterling (laughs) Lucas. I mean, you got a lot of connections there. Yeah, we're ready for the, the Beamer Hall at USC DMV to be erected at any minute now. (laughs) <laughs> but you know i it, here's the thing oregon the, the scary thing about oregon for me out if, outside of the the limitless stockpile of cash uh is their track program and the 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 uh, the ability of him to really shine there um and mold him into an Olympian if that's where his head's at. Because they definitely have superior facilities for that ahead of anybody else that Nick is considering, uh, LSU, Michigan included. (laughs) It's one of the best uh, best track programs in the country. They they won a national indoor and outdoor as recently as 2016, 2017. Now, their facilities are unreal. Uh, go look at it. Pull it up. I mean, 
everything at Oregon, look, you, you see like uh, pictures of Outson Stadium or pictures of their basketball arena. Their baseball stadium is nice. It's all they're all nice, but it's small. I mean, Outson Stadium, mm-hmm. you could probably fit that inside of Williams Bryce and still have rooms to room to spare. Hell, that's what the Bears did when they remodeled Soldier Field. They just basically put Outson Stadium on top of those columns. <laughs> on the um, spaceship. <laughs> uh, but, but, but dude, Hay- Hayward Field, where they run track, oh, my God, it's like an Olympic stadium kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That, that is track university. So that's going to be a big selling point. And, you know, I, I get it, stronger, longer. Uh, I, I get all that. But – you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I, I'll i say this. Oregon, for a kid like that, is a very impressive place that has that desire to go run track and, and all that. Uh, and, you know, can they come out of nowhere and get him? Yes. Uh, do I agree, South Carolina, just from a, a personal standpoint? Uh, I think it was, a, it was like a personal type decision. Where, where he's most comfortable, I, I think it's South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, all the players coming here that, that he knows and likes, he likes the gloves, the coaches, Beamer, all that. But, boy, the, the, you, you won't find a track facility in the country on the college level as nice as Hayward Field. Um, and they get crowds for it, too. I mean, it's a Oregon track, man. It's a, There's been a lot of um, – a lot of famous track athletes that have uh, come through there. Uh, Steve Prefontaine. Yes, I, I was say. just about to say Prefontaine. I mean, you Phil, know, let's... Phil, <laughs> Phil Knight ran track there. Uh, you know, if, if, I mean, that's the, they have the Prefontaine Classic. I mean, come on, you know, it's uh, uh, it is uh, it's like the Alabama of track and field, I would say. But uh, we'll see, we'll see what what kind of decision he makes and uh, and go from there. So, uh, and I'll, we'll come right back to, all right, I'll read this one from Joseph, and then I'll, I'll let you read Bradley's. This is the IHOP Consulting Mailbag, by the way. Phil, JC, what position groups do you anticipate the most departures post-spring practice? Joseph from Spartanburg. There may be one or two other linemen that I would think would take off, and, uh, you know, possibly a defensive back or two. Other than that, I don't. I don't think a bunch of people are going to leave after spring, Phil. I, I, I think I think the attrition is just about over because you had the guys that left that aren't going to play very much, and then you had your guys that were chasing whatever, like Lloyd and Birch and Bell, and, and that left, and Gilbert Edmond. But I, I think don't. The only other one, JC, may potentially, if you're looking at it from a percentage of total, you know, numbers uh, within the position group, co- would be quarterback. quarterback. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know that South Carolina is going to be able to avoid attrition at the quarterback position like they have um, recently because nobody's left. Colton Gauthier mm-hmm. is still there. Everybody's, still everybody's there. <laughs> hanging in there, you know, long enough to get comfortable enough with Dow Loggins and see how things are going to go. But when they start doing install and things like that in the spring, you're, I think you're just going to see some guys. I don't know, not necessarily get up in their feelings, but feel like they, they have an opportunity or a shot at playing time elsewhere. Absolutely. Okay, so uh, next question comes in from Bradley about basketball. Brad, how much time should be given to Coach Paris to get the train back on track? 
I'm of the belief that this first year did not and should not have come with any lofty expectations. That's reasonable. But this crap is flat out embarrassing. I acknowledge that USC is known for its basketball isn't known for its basketball prowess, but this level of uncompetitiveness in the league shouldn't be acceptable. Are we looking at a one and done year for Lamont? If he is if there is zero progress shown, thanks and love the show, Brad. You know, I don't know. I, I don't, think you have to get more than a year, man. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think you can fire him after a year. Um, nor do I think you should. Uh, you know, and there has. I mean, look, it's a modest accomplishment, but they beat Clemson and beat Kentucky, which is just the weirdest thing in the world to say because this is it's a bad crazy. basketball team. It's not a good basketball team, but and you know Carolina. Like, gosh, I guess the, in the SEC era, the two best teams Carolina's had were 2017 and 1997. Clemson beat both of those teams in Columbia. <laughs> you know? Uh, and Clemson's doing really well right now in the ACC. So they're a good basketball team. That was just an upset, plain and simple. Uh, and then winning at Rupp is always sweet. I don't care what the situation is. If you, if you play basketball in this league, you win at Rupp, it's sweet. Uh, you know, that that's probably enough not to say, let's pull the plug after one year. Yeah. Um, the buyout goes down pretty significantly, I think, after year two or three. Um, give him time to recruit. I mean, U-Haul pointed out he didn't do a very good job in the portal. I, I don't think it's, it's out of line for me to say that either because Lamont Paris told Mike Morgan that. Mm-hmm. Uh, before one of the broadcasts, I, I should have done about. I think it was the Ole Miss when Mike was over there. Should have done a better job in the portal. So, uh, so yeah. So I don't think you pulled the plug there. Thanks to all that participate in I Help Consulting Mailbag inside the Gamecocks at Gmail dot com, or you can tweet to at the Big Spur Pod, and we will get you on. Um, Andrew says should have hired Bob Ritchie, Pat Kelsey, or BJ Mackey. Still have issues in recruiting. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, Day says, like I, it's like I said, 20, 2024 class will probably say a lot about whether or not Paris will be our coach in two or three years. If we land three or four of these top 50 to 100 guys we're after, that's a sign of hope. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I just don't, you know, and, and Day goes on to say, I'm expected to sign a class. I'm not expecting to sign a class that great, but Lamont and his staff have to close the deal. That That's going to be the problem because with NIL, it's tough to close the deal. Close the deal. Because it really is um, a deal. Meredith said, what if we have a Big Spur pod golf outing? Hmm. Interesting. Uh, wouldn't mind. I think we're going to have a Big Spur period golf tournament again this year. I'd, uh, probably to raise money for the, the foundation we raised it for last year. Maybe with a Carolina Rise element to it as well. So we could do a that. Big Spur uh, pod Carolina Rise mashup. Yes, mash that up. Um, I'll drive the cart and crack open the lattes for everybody. I'm going to be with Phil, too. We'll be cart no, boys. Yeah, that's right. I'll dress we'll, up. We'll announce that. Oh, yeah, y'all would love that. <laughs> I'll dress in my Chippendale, my old Chippendales outfit, and we'll get Cornbread <laughs> Cowboy to ride around with us. That'll be hilarious. <laughs> All right, so so since we're due a break, let, let's get a quick break in, Phil, and then get right back, uh, and we'll continue to talk about Oregon and Harbor. We're going to talk about basketball. 
We're going to talk about football recruiting. Uh, again, I didn't know this at the top of the show. I apologize. I should have seen something, you know, but Elijah Caldwell apparently is announcing today. My crystal ball is on the Gamecocks. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be an under-the-radar type of uh, get, to be honest. We'll be back after these messages. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show you can't handle the truth gamecock nation do you need a place to stay for the big game many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions but at fan plans you support inside the gamecocks still earn your hotel loyalty points and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel whether you are visiting columbia to cheer on carolina or hitting the road to follow the team get in the stands with fan plans Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show brought to you by Express Zone Rooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662, to discuss a potential enclosure for your patio or porch. They'll be happy to talk to you free of charge and mention you heard it here. You get $500 off your project with Express Sunrooms in Columbia. What do we got here now? Lots of track and field talk in the uh, in the Nana's Porch chat box, which I find interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, I like track and field. You know, Summer Olympics is always fun, getting to watch people out there run and do all sorts of different things. And just one of those things where you just sit there and you're like, wow, they are so much more athletic than I <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when I played football, I guess they they asked me to. They said you need to go run track. It burns a lot of football players did that. Yo, man, the way they <laughs> run all practice, man. I, I just I, I threw up. I yeah, was like right. at the end. I was like, this is ridiculous because uh, I and and it was crazy about it. Phil, I just come off of a basketball season. Basketball, right. you're running up and down the court all the time, but it's like a different level. So I was like, ah, screw this. <laughs> I didn't go back out for that one. Well, that's what I was talking about yesterday with uh, my daughter Stella. She came home and said, she's like, oh, we got to do in PE, we got to run a mile. I was like, well, that shouldn't be that big a deal for you. I mean, you play basketball, so, you know, you should be conditioned to running long distances. She was like, whatever. <laughs> A mile is four laps around I, a track, though. It's like, it like they don't tell you that. Laps. 
Because <laughs> you're, you're looking at the track and it's like vast. And you're like, eh, this is probably a mile, right? No, no, no. It's a no. fourth of a mile. It's a quarter. quarter That's right. Although I will um, say, we, uh, my wife and I ran a 5K up here. Well, I mean, you know, we jogged it. We didn't run it. I didn't compete, but I finished. <laughs> That's important in the 5K. You know? <laughs> yeah. Our buddy, I talk about our buddy Skipper a lot. I wish he oh, was yeah. the show, but he doesn't. This dude was a, this dude did a, tri- like, all right, so I guess he wouldn't mind me telling this show. Like, like a lot of us, he, you know, or like me at least, he went through, he went through a divorce and, you know, whereas I kind of like decided, well, time to catch up on going to the bar. <laughs> Hadn't been to the bar in about 10 years. Let's just get back to it. Right. Uh, he, he went like kind of the Forrest Gump way and started doing triathlons and didn't finish many of them. So, I mean, hats off to him. Hats off to Skip. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, man. Uh, Hutch comes in with a basketball thing. Solution to fixing Carolina's men's basketball team. Hiring Don Staley as head coach. Big name plus Nike connection. Sounds promising. That's I don't think she has any interest in leaving what is the best job right now in her sport and taking the worst job in that sport. Yeah, right. She did it with the men. But, uh, and look, Dawn's done a good job too. Think about this. Now, we're just kind of in a different era. Uh, all this change has happened at once, Hutch. And Dawn, yeah, she came in and she was able to recruit herself uh, off of her name. And she also had the foresight on campus to say, all right, NIL is going to be a thing. I'm going to go uh, use leverage my connections to maybe help my girls get uh, – endorsements and stuff like that. So that, that, that program on campus, they're making more money than anybody. Yeah. Make money, yeah, pound money, for money. pound. Yeah. yeah. Cause you got some money. girls there like, like Raven Johnson's a big influencer and uh, wow. It's just, uh, it, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. They're, they're not just selling t-shirts over there on the women's basketball team. They've got mm-hmm. full clothing lines. <laughs> a buddy, a, a buddy of mine does autograph signings to get a Leah Boston. He told me it was $10,000 an hour. Not surprised. <laughs> Not surprised. I was like, well, here's what I'll do. <laughs> that That's where you start answer. the negotiation. That's well, well, here's what we can do here. We can mm-hmm. just uh, no and no. <laughs> we'll get we'll get uh, we'll we'll get twice the crowd for couple of uh, backup football players. How about that? Yeah, that's right. For an offensive lineman or two. <laughs> uh, Marcus, is any word on the Carolina Panthers head coaching search? I haven't heard anything. Phil, have you? No, I have not. Yes. I've heard a lot of names have been run through uh, uh, Charlotte, but I have not heard any news of anybody for sure. Now, I did hear, did Bill O'Brien go into uh, New Patriots. England? Patriots. Yeah. Is that done? Okay. All right. Yeah, Alabama's got a... Uh, off, both coordinator jobs at Bama are open. See, I thought Kingsbury would have been a, a good name to go up there, but he ran off to Thailand. So he's in the jungle. I haven't heard somewhere. anything. That's right. He's in the jungle. <laughs> he's sitting there like with the war paint on. It's like apocalypse now. It is apocalypse now. Yeah. <laughs> the horror. The horror and terror. Are you. Are you an assassin? You're neither. You're an errand boy sent by grocery clerks to collect a debt. 
You're an errand boy. You're I love that. Errand. Errand. You're an errand boy. Uh, that's not Dr. Evil, by the way. That's uh, Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. And we have an Apocalypse Now clip in our commercials. I love the smell of napalm in I the love morning. I the smell of napalm in the morning. <laughs> um, MSUSC is talking about MSUSC, KFC, blah, blah, blah. John says, firing a coach after one year is also something to hurt your neck, Serge. He does. Yeah. Craiger says, if we get Harbor, it'd be great, but nothing's going to put a damper on this 2023 class. These coaches killed it. Yeah, they didn't lost, uh, they didn't lose anybody. Nope. Michael says, I don't get why they don't start Zachary Davis. I know he's young, but one of our best players, nothing to lose. I'd start Zach Davis and uh, Hank and Sanford for the rest of the year. <laughs> Just let your young guys go. I mean, I, why? Why not? You know, Josh Gray. Needs to play 39 minutes. Rain or shine. Doesn't matter uh, how good or bad he does. Uh, no, just keep him out there. Just, just keep, keep him out there because he's only going to get better. And he's got he's one of the guys that does have tools. Plus, he's not eligible to transfer. He played a decent game last so, night. I mean, you yeah. know, he, he had his best game, I think. He had a career game last night. Yeah. So, that's uh, – yeah. He was uh, – uh, I was looking up the box score, but yeah, he, he had a pretty good game and uh, especially on the inside and, and they needed to battle on the inside. They didn't quite have enough, but yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Those are the guys I'd play. I mean, thir- he had 13 boards. I'd mm-hmm. play uh, Gigi. I'd play, uh, I'd play Gigi and Michi, but then I'd, I'd just go with uh, Davis and Hank and Sanford and, and gray and nobody else would play ever. <laughs> yeah. That way we don't see Hayden Brown trying to guard a, a seven footer in the paint because I mean, Bo- you know, y'all know how that's going to end. I, you know, if Bosman's for Donk were, because Bosman's for Donk's a big old guy. I would probably have him, you know, like make him like the enforcer, just send him in to pick up five fouls. Right. <laughs> Strategically send him in for a minute or two, every six yeah. or so. Yeah. But, but he, he's not even like tough. I mean, you know, I, but yeah, Zach Davis has a lot of upside. But mm-hmm. hope, better hope he doesn't get in the portal. You know, if he's an in-state kid, Evan says Gigi's incredibly skilled. Needs to learn how to play team ball. Does a lot himself, but needs to get a little quicker to beat guys off the dribble. Gets caught watching the game a lot. I know. Yeah. Young player. They'll get that out of him in the NBA next year. Um. So Clint says it's a tough top spot to be in. You want to give Lamont more than one season, but if you do it, it keeps getting worse be tougher to get dig out of that hole. Uh, yeah, the thing I would say, Clint, is I don't care who you get in here. Uh, you, you, you've got to go get a guy that is – it's almost different criteria than it was. Um, you you got to go get a guy kind of like you had in Frank Martin that can go dig and dig and find players and go the international route and all that. I just – I don't know if Lamont has those kind of connections. Lance is like, I'll drink the lattes. Um so, so JC Phil, do you guys have any interest in track and field? Um, is there anyone on TBS that is? I'd really like to start following USC track and cross country more closely. Unfortunately, no. I think Whittle keeps up with it a little bit, the Olympic sports. But uh, not that I have no interest. I, I like the yeah, Olympics yeah. and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, in recruiting, track times are very, very valuable, like 100-meter dash and stuff like that. Um, that's almost as valuable as a 40. So, you know, uh, 
you all see it says Paris needs to cut out these boat racings to see year three. I don't think that's asking much. You're right. It's not that much yeah. to ask. No. Just don't get blown out all the time. That's right. But a little more attention on defense. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. So we'll be back. Got another interesting thread on the big Why are you a Gamecock? We don't have enough time to get into that today. Uh, but I, I, I put born that way. And then P. Hopkins on the Big Spur goes, I'm a Gamecock fan because apparently God saw a need in my life for frustration and anger at mediocre sports teams. So I'm assuming he saw that being a Gamecock fan was the best way to accomplish filling that void. And uh, and I responded, yeah, I've inherited the Bears now. So God must have thought I needed a double dose, right? So uh, anyway, final break of the Thursday edition of the show. Back after these messages. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of REMAX at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at REMAX.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at REMAX.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. I've been expecting you, Mr. Powers. Sometime in the near future, there's a good chance I'll move back to my home area of the upstate of South Carolina. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's nobody I would use to help me find a new home except Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane, located in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a diehard Gamecock. 864-414-5271. Give Cindy a call. 864-414-5271. A proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, Mo Kaba here from Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, final segment of the show on this Thursday edition. Brought to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662. They'll be happy to talk to you about incorporating a new sunroom addition to your home or enclosing a patio or porch for you. And mention you heard it here, of course, and you'll get $500 off your next project. Outstanding. Uh, final segment inside the game class to show. Jared says, who would you say is your favorite sports analyst right now? Mine's most definitely Stephen A. and Pat McAfee. His commenting, com, commentating on Friday Night SmackDown was awesome, too. I don't know. I'm not a fan of either. But, you know what? It's, it's, 
it, it, like sports commentators and play-by-play guys and radio guys and all that, man, it's just like the uniform debate at Carolina. You, you ask 10 different yeah. Gamecock fans, what's your favorite uniform combo? And you're getting 10 different distinct answers. And so not everybody's for everybody. Not everybody's for, you know, that, that's why I kind of like to have, uh, to bring up a topic from earlier, a lot of different voices on our show is that, you know, it kind of mixes it up. And, you know, you may not like hearing me talk, but maybe you like somebody else. I don't know. <laughs> I just want you to listen. But, um, yeah, I, I, Pat McAfee's okay with me, except for I don't like him on college game day. I understand why. You know, Stephen A. Smith, for every brilliant thing he, he says, he says like three different things that are just ridiculous. But, uh, you know, to each his own. Kirk Kreger says Stephen A. makes him want to shave with a chainsaw. Uh, Marion like Kevin uh, Harlan. I like Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan's good. Radio guy. Um, He's all right. He's all right. Uh Marion says you mentioned earlier P- Percy Heberhart with we Percy Heberhart. Yeah, he went to Anderson College with Marion. They're both freshmen. Uh on the team that year he had a heart attack played in a pickup game. Yeah. Died tragically. Uh Quantrell says who would be the point of contact to boost NIL in basketball? Is there someone affiliated with the university who has the cash and wants to see a competitive men's team? Probably, but they're all football fans too. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the only issue, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. Uh, Quantrell says he did track in high school, so he didn't have to do winter and spring lifting for football. See, I like the lifting. <laughs> lifting was fine. Gains, bro. Gains. <laughs> I was like a ref in there, like a college ref. Oh, like yeah. a college ref. <laughs> uh, holding on my guns. Ten yards. First. Uh, uh. It's got the jug of water. I pick things up and put things down. That was that. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of any time fitness because I'm like, how you have a gym where you sell serve cookies and pizza? Come on. Like, they, really? they had a they had a funny Pizza. commercial where it's like that his weightlifter is like I pick things up and put things down, and he had a jug of water. It's like I pick things up and put things down, you know, over and over. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Van Dyke, TVD. Uh, I have to ask this: What is the significance of Mayor McCheese at the beginning of the podcast? Mayor McCheese means a lot to me. That's right. Just. <laughs> Just an endearing character from our, you know, childhoods. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, we, we've been laughing about Mary Cheese for a long time <laughs> around here. I think he's the most noble member of the McDonaldland characters. He doesn't get a lot of credit. Uh, I've been looking for a Mary Cheese Halloween costume for three years now. I can't find one. But bet your bottom dollar. <laughs> if I ever come across it, you know, you'll be good. Uh, I'll, I'll wear it right here on the show. Uh, John says, if JC is Colonel Kurtz, does that mean Phil, make Phil Dennis Hopper? I think Phil could play that role great. I could do cool some man. Dennis Hopper Come on, man. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, bro. It's just crazy. Uh, random contrast says, you should use the Good Morning Vietnam clip from Robin Williams, underrated movie. Yeah. Love that movie. Love that movie. Uh, somebody saying Andy Kennedy would never come. Kells says, oh, are you a Panthers fan? Oh, yeah, uh, Kells is. Oh, yeah. Big Panthers fan. Both my Carolina football teams cause undue emotional stress every day year. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. 
Um, somebody's talking about Dan Mullen being the OC at Alabama. I don't think that's going to happen, but he said, I would love to see Nick Saban's reaction to Darth Vader, Dan Mullen, wearing a Star Wars costume at an Alabama. What I have no idea what just yeah, happened. Oh man, we just zapped away. Zero idea what just happened. <laughs> That's okay. Um, what we get for talking about the Panther. Yeah, I should have done that. Uh, Stacy gets mad when Roy <laughs> Phil Capot calls a game. Um, Dave points out, I'll never forget when Phil Pot wrote that article when he worked for Clemson's website in 0708 where he did nothing but trash USC. How about how about Roy Philpott called me out personally for saying on the big spur that Stefan Gilmore was going to South Carolina? Yeah. How about them apples? I'll I'm never forget that. Every time I see him do a game. Now look, Roy's if you take the website part out of it, he's pretty good. I mean, I think he's got a pretty good voice and all this good stuff. But uh, uh, I think he's pretty good at that because if you don't think about the fact it's Roy Philpott. Uh, that's the thing. Phil's internet seems to be buffering. Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear me or not, but man, we're going to have to, I don't know where Phil went. Phil, Phil, where are you, Phil? Phil, uh, here he comes back. Then there's I'm, another Phil Molinex. There you are. No idea what is going on here. Okay, good. Yeah. Sonder could hear me. I was just sitting here going like that. So. Uh, looks like the, uh, the, uh, the squirrel on the, uh, on the, or the, the hamster on the wheel in the upstate with, uh, with the internet's probably like passed out. <laughs> been, like, been drinking too many lattes, you know. I'm over here whipping the crap out of it and it just won't go anymore. <laughs> Lance player wandered into the, uh, the, 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 the gerbil or the hamster wheel area at the cable company and gave him a few lattes and say, yeah. <laughs> Michael says his internet buffered at the same time. That was weird. Quantrell says the Illuminati interrupted the broadcast. That's right. Somebody mentioned Stephen A. and it's Disney now after us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or the Roy Philpot fan club. Yeah, that Roy sure. Philpot. Yeah, I am I'm in the I'm your internet up, Coots talking. Credit Coots. <laughs> Gonna get him coots, man. Look, I got this internet virus. will make him skip. It's called the Skippity Doo virus. <laughs> Named it after Dabo. Coot killer. Dabo Skippity Doo. I don't know. Um, Lance says the squirrel or the gerbil was looking for a good time, so he obliged. <laughs> and 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 we have blind squirrel sports in here too so i don't know that's right that's right i don't know why I think that's why i keep calling it uh a squirrel because i see that it's a gerbil or hamster you can't squirrels don't really run on wheels i don't think maybe no. they do keep them in captivity who knows who knows what'll happen there mm -hmm. um, but anyway yeah th this thread about <laughs> How did you become a Gamecock? That's weird. Most people are like, hey, I was born that way, Carolina family. Some people family, are like, well, family, yeah. there are a few of them that are like, well, I didn't really even care about sports until like, you know, 2008. And I'm like, I started the Big Spur in 2007. 
So that makes me happy that you're here, you know. Right. <laughs> I don't even really care about sports. I'm like, okay. So I guess the uh, I guess uh, I guess it's good. I mean, it's a day. Yeah, college football is one of those things that when when you when it gets in your blood, it, it is addictive. Uh, it's mostly regional general, too, JC, because it was like you know before my family moved back to our ancestral homeland here <laughs> in the Carolinas, we we lived in the DMV. Um, and you know, in, in Fairfax, Virginia, right there, it's pro. Everything's pro, pro, pro. You know, you hear a little bit about Virginia, but you know, it's just kind of there's a lot of handed. You know, yeah, a lot of Hokies in Nova too. But it's mm. uh, well, those two schools, like Virginia, is cl- closer to it, Charlottesville. But then Blacksburg, I've driven from DC to Blacksburg before. Mm-hmm. Not, uh, it's probably a long, lonely road. (laughs) You you go past, uh, there's a lot of colleges on that road. I guess it's I 81. And and so you you pass James Madison and VMI. Mm. And then way down at the end, Mm. before Roanoke, you get to Blacksburg, um, Virginia Polytech Institute and State University. Mm -hmm. So that's good. Yeah, it, it, it is pro. And then a lot of pro pockets. Chicago is kind of the same way. But what, what I like about it, Phil, though, is, is it is kind of a, in terms of like dominating media coverage and stuff, it is definitely regional in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But you also have these pockets. Like, like think about this. Like, in one of the greatest college football programs of all time is Southern Cal. And it's right there in South Central Los Angeles. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, University of Washington's right there on Lake Columbia in in in, in Seattle, mm-hmm. and they've got a huge, passionate fan base. Um, well, then you go other places like small towns like Starkville, Mississippi. So everywhere from Starkville, Mississippi to L.A. Uh, to mm-hmm. Seattle, uh, you know, Chicago is is a pro town definitely, but Notre Dame is dominant here. I mean, it's right. a big, big old deal. Um, you know, so, so that's, what's nice about it too. Even, even Rutgers, even though they're not in the city, they're in New Jersey, even Rutgers, when they're good, the New Yorkers pay attention. You know, they light up the empire state building red. Oh, it's Rutgers. Rutgers. Oh yeah. Rutgers yeah. is going to Rutgers. Do Boston college, you know, um, that, that's what I, that's what I love about it too, is that the magic of college football can happen anywhere in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree that the interest and the, the large passionate fan bases that's primarily Midwest and Southeast. Yeah. Uh, Cause these big 10 schools don't sell them short. They've got gigantic no, yeah. <laughs> student bodies and alumni bases. I mean, there's a billion of them uh, around. So uh, anyway, Quantrell's like, I'm waning with college basketball though. As a kid, I watched every game, but for me, it's March Madness or bus. Now that's kind of me too. Right, I'm getting the, the same Cox way. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I used to turn because in the upstate, they had the Jefferson Pilot ACC broadcast. So if like North Carolina was playing Wake or something, yeah, yeah I'd mm-hmm. sit there and watch it, you know. But I, I don't, I just can't get into it now. Anyway, folks, we're out of time. Uh, thank you for joining no, us today. Thanks to Chris Phillips. I'll be on the Spurs Up show here in 15 minutes. Tomorrow is Friday.